Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. All right, we're in Revelation chapter 11 this morning. We'll see how far we get. We're not rushing through the scriptures. It's very important that we learn the scriptures and why things are happening that are happening. Anti-Semitism is on the rise. It's going through the roof. Why is that? Well, you need to know why that is. It's not just a land dispute. It's spiritual situation. If you don't understand the spiritual, you're going to get caught up in the politics. You're going to get caught up in the rage, possibly. You're going to get caught up on taking a side, which we don't take a side. Everybody needs Jesus, bottom line. But you need to be aware of why Israel is going through what they're going through. It's not a hidden agenda. It's not a conspiracy. It's in your Bible. It's going to get worse. Read Ezekiel 36, 37, 38, and 39. There's going to be an invasion in the land. And they're going to be somewhat conquered, but God is going to deliver them. God and God alone. Not American-made missiles. God and God alone is going to deliver them. And it is being conditioned right now to what is going to take place. could take place very, very soon. So raise your awareness to your word. Be in, be in your word from Genesis to Revelation. So Revelation chapter 11. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. This is John the Apostle, if you're new or visiting. And the angel stood saying, and rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside the temple, and do not measure it. For it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power, the two witnesses, to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues. Notice the earth, all of the earth as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. So that tells us exactly where, Jerusalem Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, making merry and send gifts to one another because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Notice the earth, not just in Israel, not localized in the Middle East, but the whole earth. 
Now, after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and stood on their feet. And great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Father, we thank you for your word. And we just continue in our worship of you by surrendering our thoughts. As your word says to do, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We probably have plans for the day. Help us, Father, to focus right now on your word. Maybe some things happened this past week that are stirring our minds and our souls. Help us to focus right now on your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray for the gift of teaching. And that through your word this morning, we'll realize, we'll learn, we'll come to understand in a deeper way Israel and the relevance of Israel. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, if you're new or visiting, we've been moving through the last seven years of history as we know it. We have come to a midpoint of the tribulation. We believe we've come to the midpoint of the tribulation. And we are in a section of scripture that gives us a break from the action, a parenthetical section, which allows us to have additional information about what already has happened or what is going to take place. So in verses 1 and 2, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod, and the angels stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God. Speaking to John, John, measure this out. Check this out. The altar and those who worship therein, but leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it for it has been given to the Gentiles and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months or for three and a half years. I personally believe, I will not argue, I'm not going to be here to find out, either will you if you're a Bible-leaving Christian, but I personally believe the first three and a half years of the Great Tribulation, Israel is going to be protected for the plagues that are coming upon the earth because that's where the Antichrist is. They're going to have the peace, momentary peace that this world has to offer because that's where the Antichrist is ruling and reigning. Now at this point, the wrath is going to break out on Israel. And we'll see that as we continue to read. Again, I will not argue with you about it. It doesn't matter. We've already learned up to this point, up to half, if not more than half, the world's population has been annihilated. So we don't need to argue about something we shouldn't argue about. Let's go out and win souls for Jesus. Because the end is coming very quickly. And so in verses 1 and 2, I believe that John wrote this, and most do, in the original 90s. The original 90s. 0090. The original 90s. Then we immediately need to take into account the fact that the temple that was in existence during the time of Jesus, during the time of John, has been destroyed. And historically, this is proven that Rome conquered Jerusalem in 70 AD. That is a historical fact. And why do I bring that up? Well, if the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, and John is writing in the 90s, early 90s AD, 
Is there a temple there? No, there is no temple there. The nation of Israel at that same time in 70 AD was dispersed throughout the known world, throughout the known world at that time. Israel ceased to exist as a nation, and the Romans called that area, not the nation, it's really important to know this, that area, Palestine, the land of the Philistines. That's what that means. They wanted to humiliate the Jews, and we're going to call this area, there's never been a nation of Palestine. The PLO brought it up with the influence of demonic forces. It means the land of the Philistines. We're going to mock you. We're going to ridicule you. The Philistines that were non-existent at that time, but just to humiliate you and send you out throughout the whole known world, the Philistines defeated you. Bye-bye. It's very important to remember that. Even to this day, unfortunately... Many people have said Israel ceased to exist then, and they have never been regathered, even though they have been regathered as a nation. No, even Orthodox Jews will say, you know what, the land of Israel should not be there. They shouldn't be in the land of Israel because only the Messiah is going to create the nation of Israel. Only the Messiah can do that. So there are even some Orthodox Jews that will say, you know what? Israel should not be a nation. They're getting what they deserve. They should not be there. Well, let's look at Ezekiel 37. Let's look at Ezekiel 37. People that say these things, they should have just remained true to the text and allow God to be God. Very important. As you read your Bibles, let the text speak for itself. Because God's timing is not necessarily man's timing. And interpreting the word by man's timing will always lead to misinterpreting the word of God. Ezekiel 37, 24. David, my servant, shall be king over them. And they shall all have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Then they shall dwell in the land. If you want to do an in-depth study, Take the word land and look up the land throughout your Bible and you will find out who is supposed to be in the land. And you'll see that that word land is not just some land, it's the area of Israel that Israel's in today. So do a little further study on your own and just take the word land in a concordance and then start searching out every verse that talks about the land. You will find very quickly that the Jews are to be in the land of Israel. Then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt. And they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them And it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them, and I will set my sanctuary, notice my sanctuary, what? The temple, in their midst forever. My tabernacle shall also be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel. I personally believe this is during the millennial reign of Christ. When when my sanctuary is in their midst 
forevermore. Side note, Israel today is one of the most advanced militaries in the world and will fight against anyone and everyone who tries to destroy it. But if you read your Bible, you will find them going into and through the Great Tribulation. In June of 1967, Jerusalem once again became the capital of Israel. Again, remember, they were made a nation in 48, which I believe started the prophetic clock ticking for Jesus to return for his bride. In Luke 21, 24, we read this. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. This is Jesus talking about what took place in 70 AD. He is prophesying. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles. There's only two groups of people on the face of the earth today. There's only one human race, one race, the human race, but there's two groups of people. As you read your Bible, you need to know this according to the Bible, according to the Jewish mindset. There's two groups of people on the face of the earth today. You're either Jewish or you're a Gentile. Forget what nationality you think you are. When you read your Bible, you want to read it from that perspective. You're either Jewish or you're a Gentile. It helps you to understand the Bible better. So, and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles. Not a specific portion of the Gentiles like Islam or uh, Arabia, Saudi Arabia or um, you know, South America. No, Gentiles. All the Gentiles. Until the times of the Gentiles ha- are fulfilled. Matthew 24, 34. Assuredly I say to you, this generation, the generation that sees, I believe, the generation that sees Jerusalem become the spiritual capital of Israel once again. And again, if you don't think that's supposed to happen, you need to do a study on Zion, take the word Zion and take the word Jerusalem and run through your whole Bible and you will quickly see, no, Jerusalem is the spiritual capital of Israel. So I personally believe this started the prophetic time clock, what Jesus says here in Matthew 24. Surely I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away Till all these things take place. And as far as America is concerned, we're not mentioned in the last days. We do know this from the Bible that every nation, every nation will turn against Israel and God will come to the rescue. You'll find that in your Bible. Read your Bible. Every nation will turn against Israel. There will never be a two-state solution. Never. That's from the pit of hell. Not because Israel, Israelis are bad people and they don't want to live in peace. They've been living in peace for 50 years. I've been to Israel 10 times. I've seen the Arabs come and go. They have lived in peace. But now the prophetic time clock is causing these things to take place. Wake up, be aware of what's going on around you because Jesus is coming back. Very, very important. Which shows us why the world is turning against the most persecuted nation in all of history. The most persecuted nation ever. Without Jerusalem being the capital of Israel, they were not a completed nation spiritually. Again, this is why Jerusalem and Israel are under such pressure to give in to their enemies. Just go back to the 67 borders. That would cut Jerusalem in half. 
and Jerusalem now would no longer be the capital of Israel. It's satanic. Satan wants to destroy Israel. That's why Iran says Satan is the little, uh, that Israel is the little Satan. America is the big Satan. We need to destroy both of them. Is, Iran says that on a regular basis. You don't believe me? You're obviously not reading. This is, what it's taking pl- this is why what is taking place is taking place. Be aware of what is going on. It was roughly prophesied about 2,500 years ago in Zechariah 12 this, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. Are you hearing any of this in the news? It's all about Jerusalem. It's all about Israel. Jerusalem, Israel, Jerusalem, Israel. As I mentioned in my prayer, maybe you didn't hear about it. Sudan, again, they're in, I think they're in their 27th year of civil war. I think it's 27 or 28. And now two, three, four million Sudanese are being displaced. Is that on the front page of any newspaper? Are all the major medias covering this? It's called ethnic cleansing. That's truly ethnic cleansing. And the man that went to the UN to promote that Israel's committing ethnic cleansing, I think he forgot a little bit of his own history where there's entire groups in Africa that tried to wipe out another group of people in his own countries or on that continent, I should say, on that continent. Oh, well, that, no, no, no. Guys, it's spiritual. It's spiritual. Israel's not committing genocide. They know if they do not defend themselves that they will lose from the river to the sea. And maybe you don't know what that means. Get out a map. The Jordan River is the east boundary of Israel. The Mediterranean Sea is the west boundary of Israel. From the sea, from the river to the sea, wipe every Jew off the land. That is ethnic cleansing. Not defending yourself. So be aware of what's going on. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples, all who would heave it away. Divide Jerusalem. Go back to 67 borders. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. This is God talking, guys, not Pastor Jim. This is God talking. You mess with my people, you're messing with me. Though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. So first and foremost, John has been asked to measure a future temple, which only in recent years could have ever happened. But it is going to happen, and a man with tremendous political abilities is going to allow Israel to build a new temple on the current Temple Mount. Now, right now, you might be arguing in your mind with me. Please listen. I've been on the Temple Mount 10 times. I'm not an expert. I'm not insinuating that at all. But please listen to what I'm saying. There is going to be a temple, and it's going to be built on the Temple Mount. It is going to happen. The word of God will be fulfilled. 
Now, this, may ca- this has caused many problems over the years because the Muslims have their third most holiest site on the Temple Mount. Third most holiest site, by the way. The Alas Mosque, or better known as the Dome of the Rock, sits almost in the middle of the Temple Mount area, which is very interesting. So we're going to have some pictures here. So maybe we could cut down some lights really quick. Who can grab that, Elijah or Colby? Uh, Colby, grab some lights. Click all the lights down real quick. This is very important, all these, even the stage lights here. It's really important that you see this because most we're not going back, unfortunately. They've already said, go ahead and cut down some more lights. Click them all off so everybody can see these. The ceiling lights and back lights. Get it really dark in here. Front lights up here. There you go. Okay. This is really important, guys. You're living in the day here. I'm excited about this. You might not be. But Jesus is coming back. You think, well, maybe. Good for you. He's coming back. You're going with him, whether you like it or not. So there's the Golden Dome. Now, you're not going to be able to see this, but this is the view from, this is the Mount of Olives. Right now, when we go to Israel, if you were to go, every tour group goes to this. You are literally standing on the Mount of Olives right now, and you are looking down the Kidron Valley. The Kidron Valley goes down, and it goes up. And that is the temple. That whole area up there is the temple mount. From far left, and the picture doesn't even include the far right, that is the whole temple mount area. Very, very big. I've been there when they've had their call to prayer on Friday morning, when they close their shops or put a broomstick across their shops because they don't have time to close everything up. They'll just put a broomstick across their shops, and nobody goes into their shop. But I've been there when they've gone to the call of prayer and tens of thousands of men will go up onto this Temple Mount area every Friday for prayer. And you better get out of the way because they're moving and they're not going to stop. And so I just, I just very quickly stepped back in the doorway, just, just kept my mouth shut and just watched as a stream of men for 10, 15 minutes, flowing, 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 flowing. It's time of prayer. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. So that is the Temple Mount, and you're not going to see it, but as if, if you look like, if you get the center of the gold dome, and you can imagine about an inch, an inch and a quarter to the right, there's a little, little, little shrine that I think might be the next picture. Here's a shrine, whatever you want, capula, whatever you want to call it, that the Muslims built, the Muslims built this in the 900s. This is called the Shrine of the Tablets. Now, what would be the tablets? The Ten Commandments. The Muslims built this in the 900s. The Muslims acknowledged there was a temple here, and here is where the temple was. The Muslims said this in the 900s. Even though many people today, many Muslims today, and this is why you need to know this. This is historical. You can find this information. This is historical information. You can find it. Because when a Muslim says, well, they've never been here, you've got to go, well, you know, I've been on the Temple Mount, or I've seen pictures on the Temple Mount. What about that little shrine up there? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry I confused you with the facts. So this is, or it's also called the Shrine of the Spirits. The Shrine of the Spirits. This is on the Temple Mount. We've been there. We've been underneath this. We can't take our Bibles because the peace for religion says you cannot bring your Bible. We can't pray up on the Temple Mount. If you start to pray, they'll have Muslims come over and say, ah, the peaceful religion, you can't pray up there. The Jews cannot go up there and pray. 
You can't sing a song up there and pray. You can't hold hands as a, a marital couple. Ah, 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 ah. No kissing. When you take pictures, you can get kind of close. But don't put your arm around her. Guys, this is fact. This is just the way it is. I'm not making fun. This is just reality. The peaceful religion wants a piece of you over there and a piece of you over there and a piece of you over there. That's how peaceful they are. (laughs) Next picture. Sorry I get a little emotional about this, but this is reality. Most people don't understand this. They are not a peaceful religion. Now, I'm not saying all Muslims want war, but they, as a whole, read your Bible or read the Quran. It is not a peaceful religion. And talk to countries that have been overcome by Muslims. They didn't take it peacefully. It was by the sword. That's why Saudi Arabia has a sword on their flag. It was taken over by the sword. So this is the same shrine. I'm now standing on the west. So you're all standing on the west. You're looking directly east. And up over here was that first picture of the, on the Mount of Olives. The eastern gate is directly in line with this right here. Now, if you read your Bible, some of you are going, ooh, because you know your Bible. They would open up the eastern gate, and then there would be people on the mount that would have signal flares, or fires, little fires, that would tell them the new moon or, or when we were going to start the new feast. That was their sign. That was their signal. And we also know, maybe we can go back to that first slide, Jim. Go back to right here. So you see the eastern gate over here? It's about maybe two inches in from your far right. That's the eastern gate. Now, when Jesus returns to the earth, where is he going to return to? The Mount of Olives, very clearly, very specifically in the scriptures. It says he's going to step foot on the Mount of Olives, and the Mount of Olives is going to cleave. It's going to split north and south. So right now, you are looking west. Mount of Olives is going to split north and south when Jesus comes back. They've planted cemeteries there. They've blocked up the eastern gate with cement and concrete, knowing that the Messiah would not walk through a cemetery, and the Messiah could certainly not get through a gate that has concrete in it because they don't know Jesus. And so (laughs) it's like, hello. Uh, Their Jesus was just a great prophet, not the Son of God. So that is literally the eastern gate that Jesus is going to walk through one day. So this is huge. So we're probably not going back. Israel has already said this past week, uh, our next battle is already is going to be Hezbollah. Now we have to go after Lebanon and Syria. We have to wipe out Hezbollah because Hezbollah has way more sophisticated weapons and many, many more weapons. And they've been shooting them for about the last month into Israel. It's not getting a lot of paper, you know, a lot of press, but it's happening. So when they're done with Hamas, which they're going to get done with them, they're not giving up because Biden says, well, we really think you should cut back. No, 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 no. They're not cutting back at all. Then they're going to go after Hezbollah, and then they're going to go after Iran. So get ready for wars and rumors of wars. And so, uh, okay, now, Jim, I know I kind of switched you around, but so now you get that picture. So now maybe the picture right before that, Jim. So here it is again. So you're looking out the east towards the, the temple, towards the Mount of Olives, where Jesus would have come down on that wonderful day. We sang the song, Hosanna, Hosanna. Everybody remember what Hosanna means? Save now. Save now. Anybody want to get saved right now from what's going on in this country, this world? Hosanna, Hosanna. Come now. But you see, when they were saying it, they were saying, you know what? We're tired of Rome. Can we just be done with Rome and let us rule and reign with you over Rome and over the whole world? They were so short-sighted. Now, after they got the Holy Spirit, they weren't. And hopefully now that you're 
spirit-filled Christian, you don't, you're not that short-sighted as well. So there it is. So now the last slide, Jim. So now here's a picture. So now you get a better idea. The eastern gate, uh, it's really hard to make out. It's way over. It might not even be on the slide. But you can see now where the Dome of the Spirits is, how it's in alignment. Do they have to blow up the Dome of the Rock? No, not at all. There's ample space. They could build a wall or a partition wall east-west down that area, and that would be what? The court of the Gentiles. They're outside the court precinct. Hopefully that helps you guys get a bigger picture of revelation and what's taking place in the world today. We are living, guys, in biblical times. You should be excited about this. We're living in biblical times. Jesus has come back, and the wars and the rumor wars that are taking place, it's, it's okay. As we turn all the lights back on, it's okay. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God's word is going to be fulfilled no matter how much the enemy wants to try to destroy Israel. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So again, that's a whole study in and of itself. So if you'd like to do some further research on your own. But again, the Dome of the Rock does not need to be destroyed as some have supposed over the years. The man of peace, the false Messiah, the Antichrist, will suggest the building of the Jewish temple and actually win over all parties involved. All parties the temple will be built where the Old Testament sacrifices will be reinitiated. Why does this need to take place? Because you might think, well, the animal activists are going to really be upset about it. The Antichrist is going to say, go away, go hug a tree somewhere else. We're implementing animal sacrifices. Why? Matthew twenty four fifteen a says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, this is Jesus speaking, Standing in the holy place. Well, if the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, how could there be a holy place unless the nation of Israel is regathered, Ezekiel, and there is a temple built? So there will definitely be a temple built. Daniel 9.27a says, Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week... The last seven years, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So as you weave the scriptures together, you come to see, oh, they are going to go back to animal sacrifices. And then Daniel twelve eleven says, and from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there should be 1,290 days. You see, when Jesus was talking to the teachers of the word of God, he said this in John 5, 43. I have come in my Father's name, and you did not receive me. I'm the Messiah. I came from heaven. I came in my Father's name. They said at that time, we're looking for the Messiah. Not the Christ, they were looking for the Messiah. They didn't acknowledge Jesus was the Messiah. If another comes in his own name, now Jesus is prophesying, basically, as we can now look back and see, almost 2,000 years ago, if another comes in his own name, him, the Antichrist, you will receive. 
I personally believe that this current generation is living in the days of seeing these scriptures come to pass. Typical biblical generation is 70 to 80 years. Do the math from 67. 70 to 80 years is 37 to 47. Do you see anything happening like the Great Reset in 2030, which is now only six years away, and how it's being expedited, how it's getting faster? It's not going to be 2030. It might be by the end of this year. This country's going down so fast. So when we bring these various scriptures together, I personally believe that John is measuring the temple that is soon to be built. But the peace that Israel was enjoying is now going to disappear in the second half of the tribulation. In Matthew 24, we read this. For then there will be a great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, if it had only been three and a half years, if it go four or five, six years, no flesh would be saved. Humanity would be wiped out. It's seven years. There's a number of days. But for the elect's sake, for those who receive Jesus as their Savior during the tribulation period, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Daniel 7.25, he shall speak pompous words. This is the Antichrist. Against the Most High, that would be God himself. Shall persecute the saints of the Most High. Bible-believing Christians during the tribulation are going to be extremely persecuted. And shall intend to change times and law. Are you guys seeing any of this taking place in America? Anybody trying to change times and the law? What law? They're estimating 10 million people have come across the border. Don't we have laws against that? But half the country is saying, don't worry about it until they show up in their neighborhood. Then all of a sudden, hey, why aren't they following the law? We don't want them. Oh, I thought there was no law. Intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and half a time, which would be what? Three and a half years. Also in Daniel 12, 7, Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the Holy Spirit has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Three and a half years. 2 Thessalonians 2, 7 through 12. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Right now we're living in the mystery of lawlessness. We're like, how could this be happening in our country? Well, you shouldn't be mystified if you know your Bible because Jesus already said, it will be as it was in the days of Lot. It will be as it was in the days of Noah. What was in the days of Noah? There was violence upon the face of the whole earth. The thoughts of mankind were continually evil. You see that happening anywhere? The days of Lot, homosexuality, prevalent, Do you see that being promoted the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years? And now we're coming to trans and all this other nonsense? Is there confusion upon America at all? And then the lawless one will be... Oh, I'm sorry. So let's go back. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. It's working right now. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. I believe that's the church and I believe that's the rapture. When the church is taken out... And then the lawless one will be revealed, the Antichrist, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Not a big battle. Jesus shows up, party's over. 
The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. You'll hear me say often, it's from the pit of hell. And you might think, why does he keep saying that? Read your Bible. This stuff is from the pit of hell. And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, eternal separation from God, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie. The strong delusion hasn't taken place, but has there been some conditioning taking place? And oh, by the way, the next pandemic is coming. And they just labeled it X because they haven't come up with a name for it yet. But the first pandemic attacked your lungs and heart. The next pandemic, they say, is going to be 20 times worse because it's going to attack your brain. It's going to wipe people out. It's going to kill more people than ever. Guys, this is just the news. Sorry to lighten your day up a little bit, but... (laughs) If you're not ready for it, and that's one of my jobs is to help make you ready if you don't like it, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure, had pleasure. Are you seeing the scriptures come alive? There are people in the administration that sit up there and smile and say, oh, we love teenagers getting all cut up and getting hooked on prescription medicine for the rest of their lives. We're excited for them. Pleasure in unrighteousness we're living in the last days we're living in the last days the antichrist is going to set up his image in the holy place and will cause havoc within jerusalem and all of israel for the final three and one half years of the tribulation remember we're getting additional information here we're in an additional infomercial so to speak And we'll study more about the Antichrist and his antics later on in Revelation. I encourage you, I encourage you, read the rest of Revelation at least once per week until we finish Revelation. If you read it at least once per week from chapter 11 on, you're going to have a better understanding of what I'm teaching about. And you might not be going there right now going, I am just so confused, I'm just so confused. Read your Bible, but specifically for the next week, You don't have to. I'm just making a suggestion. I'm doing it. Read your Bible, your daily devotional, but in addition to read from chapter 11 through the rest of the book. And then as we go week after week after week, it's going to make a lot more sense. You're going to go, oh, yeah. Oh, I Oh, okay. But for now, we have a new temple that has been allowed to be built by the Antichrist. And we're going to see into the third, into the final three and a half years of the tribulation, that the Antichrist takes over the temple and places an image within the Holy of Holies and demands that he be worshipped. We'll talk more about that next week. Father, we thank you and praise you for these days we're living in. This is very exciting. This is very exciting to know that Jesus could come back in any moment to take away his bride, the church. Your word is going to be fulfilled, Father. Ezekiel is going to take place. Yes, Israel right now is defending themselves via so many nations giving them weapons. But that's going to run out. No nation is going to come to their support in Ezekiel when the Russian invasion takes place. No nation. But you, Father, are going to receive the praise, the glory, and the honor when you, Father, eliminate those nations. And Israel will acknowledge that it was you. The world will acknowledge that it was you. 
So, Father, since we don't know where we're going to be, help us to make sure that we're right with you every day, throughout the day. And, Father, help us, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might speak the truth and love to others and take somebody with us. That we might plant and water and fertilize. And, Lord, if it's your will, to pray with someone to receive Jesus. Father, I pray for the Johnsons. This is their first Sunday that their senior pastor's not there. And I'm sure it's hitting them right now, right at this time at 1030. I'm sure it's hitting them that he's not here and he's not coming back. He'll never be at another Bible study. He'll never be at another service. He's not going to perform another wedding, another memorial service. He's not going to visit anyone in hospital. He's in heaven. He's got a brand new body, and they're rejoicing over that. But yet at the same time, there's grieving going on. So comfort them, Father. I thank you that your word says another name for the Holy Spirit is Comforter. And 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 says that you're the God of all comforts. Comfort them, Father. And Lord, as we pray this week for the memorial, I know there are going to be unbelievers there. I know that. And I know, Father, that Charlie's desire would be the word be preached. That people would know there's a heaven and there's a hell. And without Jesus, they're going to hell. And so, Father, even this morning, if there's someone in our midst, there's a heaven and there is a hell. And if you don't accept Jesus as your Savior, you're going to hell. So come up after this service and receive Jesus as your Savior. God doesn't want you to go there, and we don't want you to either. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this day. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Michael, you're going to head out there, brother? Head on out there, Michael. Head on out to the lobby. So please stop by. Say hello to Michael. Encourage him. Sign up if you'd like to get a newsletter. Sign up. He'd love to send it to you. Uh, Be in prayer for him, obviously, with what he's going through with his mom passing. Uh, Why don't we all stand? If you need prayer for anything, guys, come on up. Let's pray. Be excited. You have information that you can share with people. You got the good news. When you die, you're going to heaven. God bless you guys. Any prayer for anything, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church, how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.